the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is our hour of power where we're living life like it matters. And today on Like It Matters Radio, uh, today is my last live show. I'll start class tonight, so tomorrow we'll have a great show. Uh, record it, guarantee a great show, so make sure you listen in. But today I want to kind of tie in uh, this week's discussions. You know, a lot of weeks when I don't have guests and I don't have a, a, a planned agenda, if you will, I, I like to have a basically a fireside chat with you. Talk to you like Ronald Reagan would or like FDR would or like Paul Harvey would or just a, a great storyteller, someone challenging you to think or reason. So I want you to think about this week. We started by focusing on a fresh perspective, you know, perceptions, reality. And so when you get a brand new perspective, uh, things change. And when you change your position, you change your perspective. Then we had listeners consider their standard. You know, what is your standard? How do you know if you're having a good day or a bad day? How do you know if you're on course or off course? How do you know anything? And if you miss any of those shows, the cool thing is you can go to likeitmattersradio.com. And within 30 minutes of this show getting off the live radio uh, at 12 noon Central Standard Time, it's posted on likeitmattersradio.com. And so please, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can search two things. I also have a bi-weekly podcast called Living Life Like It Matters. So you can go look uh, either search for Like It Matters Radio and also search for Living Life Like It Matters wherever you listen to your podcast. And there you'll find my daily radio show and you'll also find my bi-weekly podcast. And so today, I'm going to have you continue the what is logical reasoning where we're going. First the perspective, then the standard. Now, it's time to focus on the outcome. See, getting your thinking right is always the beginning. It's a battle of the mind. God says that. He says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. What is faith? It is a belief system. It's a bunch of BS. That's why James said, faith without works is dead. It's the difference between having a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of faith that you believe, but you're not going to put your line on, uh, life on the line. You're not going to risk losing anything. You're not going to uh, place a wager on it. You kind of believe, but you want to bet your life on it. See, there's the difference between knowing and knowing to the point of knowledge or application, I should say. So getting your thinking right is the beginning. Knowing who you are and why you are here and whose you are. Why is this important? This helps you focus on the required standard behavior. Loyalty, faith, and commitment to the previous two allow for an incredible outcome. And so today, I want to bring this week to a logical conclusion. And I want to talk about the end result. Because, ladies and gentlemen, there is a crisis of meaning in this country. I got this right from a book called Spiritual Intelligence by Dana Zohar and Ian Marshall. Now, this was written, I think, in 2001, maybe. It said the crisis of meaning, and this was 22 years ago. Search for meaning is the primary motivation in our lives. When it goes unmet in our life, our lives feel shallow or empty. For many today, this need is not met, and so the fundamental uh, crisis exists of our times. It is a spiritual one, one of meaning beyond ourselves. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's significance, but I'm also going to really spend a little bit of time on the logical levels. Because this is so important. Fundamental crisis of our times is a spiritual one. This was written before uh, anybody knew that coronavirus was anything. This was before, uh, you know, when people used to think of corona, and they would think of being in Mexico with a beer in their hand. See, people living in earlier societies would not even have asked questions about meaning. 
their lives were culturally embedded in a set of frameworks, right? They had living traditions, living gods, living communities, functional uh, moral codes, problems that had known boundaries and fixed goals. However, let's be honest, we've lost this and are left with existential problems and the need to cultivate a kind of intelligence that can deal with them. Remember, I can take your fingerprints and give you a 37-page print of your brain and show you things like intellectual quotient, show you things like emotional quotient, show you things like spiritual quotient, creativity quotient. And see, we have some existential problems, and we need to cultivate a deeper kind of intelligence. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? If today was my last day on this planet, did it matter? What difference did I make? How have others benefited from the blessing called my life? I mean, let's be honest. Medieval peasants had to cons- didn't have to consider the meaning of life, right? or of their work because they were embedded in the necessities, traditions of daily life, just existing, just surviving, just getting through the times. Just as when we drive a car or ride a bike, we don't think consciously what we are doing. So in societies with a healthy middle layer, people rely on spiritual values, webs of meaning, habits of relationships that are skills of the community. And let's be honest, we're lacking that today. Much went wrong from the scientific revolution, the enlightenment with its erosion of the religious beliefs and philosophical outlook that had underpinned society for a long time. Symptoms of a meaning-deprived society are obsession with health, fear of de- death. This is from 2001. This is by two people that I would probably call, consider new age. I study a lot of material, and I'm smart enough to be able to take what's good and leave the rest. I don't have to take the whole thing. It's not one enchilada. I can cut up in pieces. I can parse it out. Symptoms of a meaning-deprived society are obsession with health, fear of death, diseases of meaning like cancer, heart disease, dementia, depression, fatigue, addictions, threats of extinction like a holocaust, abortion on demand, genocide, things, pictures, experiences so painful we refuse to think about them. So what we do is we search for immediate pleasure, satisfaction due to loss of capacity and imagination. We seek a job as a vocation solution. We fill our time with stuff. And that void in our heart with anything that might make us feel better. Whether it serves us long-term or not, doesn't matter. We just want to feel good in the moment. And the temporal becomes the urgent, and the long-term becomes a dream that's forgotten when we are awake. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what this is about. We've got to know who we are. We've got to know why we're here. We've got to know whose we are. That's what stirs us up. That's what keeps us going. And today, I want to tell you, there's a reason why you need a new perspective. There's a reason why you need a standard. Why? Because what you're doing is getting you what you're getting. And if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. And if you're okay with getting what you're getting, then cool. Cool. Keep it going. SOP. Lock it up. Make a standard. But if there's any room for improvement, if your family deserves more, if you deserve more, if your kids deserve more, if your company deserves more, if your country deserves more, if your God deserves more, then it's time to get to work. It's time to live that examined life and decide what does success look like? What is the end result of your life? If you accomplish what you were put here to be, what would that look like, sound like, and feel like when you take your last breath? If you were to live your life as the George Bernard Shaw you could have been, and that you was to die. How would that you be remembered? And if that's how you want to be remembered, then let's be honest. We got some work to do. Because it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes a judgment. And boy, planes crash and people die. It's a fact of life. Each of us will have our opportunity to spend some time in that box at the front of the room. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about our lives. And we're talking about the end result. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening even impacts the seasoned pros. Take a listen at these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. 
I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. Ready to go for another level of awareness? Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, March 30th through April 1st. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Turn market volatility into opportunity today by investing with the big institutions, not against them. Many people are getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Learn why their returns are so much better than the average novice 401k investor. Learn the skills to be a better steward of your own money. Call for a free in-center or virtual investing class today at 952-814-4410. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce Wet Technology Softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's. It's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. It's, okay. it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters unique approach allows people to see, hear and experience leadership in motion. Like it matters radio. Radio like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And tonight, in Dallas-Fort Worth, we will have our first Leadership Awakening of 2023. Uh, Team 241, we'll have 16 people in that room. And on Saturday at 3.30, we'll open the doors to the public. uh, And you could be there at graduation, be inspired, be motivated, be educated uh you bring some kleenex because it's emotional graduation because people's lives change in my training and you go to likeitmatters.net to read about that and to get your butt in a class because we need it man there is a serious uh serious problem going on in this country it's getting worse and worse and worse i remember a story about author and lecturer leo buscaglia He was talking about a contest he was asked to judge. He said the purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child. Winner? Well, the winner was a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, nothing. I just helped him cry. Mm. Nothing. I just helped him cry. Why are you here? Are you here to build your own kingdom? Are you here to be happy? Are you here to procreate? Are you here to make sure that everybody gets abortions on demand? Are you here to make sure that America becomes the most racist country in the world and hates white people and victimizes black people and elevates them and gives them $5 million and free college and all that while other people struggle? And by the way, just to let you know, I'm not making this up. 
Here's an article yesterday. A decline in church attendance drove deaths of despair among middle-aged white population. See, if this was any other thing, if you put any other skin color in this article right here, there would be an outcry. Because America today is racist against white people. Somehow that makes everything fair, I guess. Uh, it's okay. So here's the article. It's Leonard Blair, senior features reporter. Deaths by drugs, alcohol, and suicide, known as deaths of despair, dramatically increased among middle-aged white Americans in the late 20th century due to lower participation in organized religion that was preceded by a repeal of blue laws that prohibited commercial activities on Sunday, a new study from the National Bureau of Economic Research shows. The study, a working paper uh, titled Opiates of the Masses, The Deaths of Despair and the Decline of American Religion by Tyler Giles, Daniel Hungerman, and Tamar Ustrom. Uses data from the General Social Survey to show that religious practice has a, a, a significant impact on deaths of despair. Quote, we show that the initial rise in deaths of despair in the U.S. was preceded by a large decline in organized religious participation, and that both trends were driven by white middle-aged Americans, the researchers wrote in their conclusion of the study. We know of no other cultural phenomenon involving such large widespread changes in participation prior to the initial rise in U.S. mortality. Nor do we know of any other phenomenon that matches the seemingly idiosyncratic pattern observed for mortality, seen for both men and women, but not in other countries and in both rural and urban settings, but driven primarily by middle-aged, less educated white individuals. They explained, we also show that religiosity and the rate of deaths of despair are negatively correlated across states. States with high levels of religiosity, I love that word, have suffered less from this mortality due to alcohol, suicide, or drug poisonings. The findings by Giles, Hungerman, and Ustrom provide deeper insight into previous research on deaths of despair. In mortality and morbidity in the 21st century, for example, Princeton University Anne Case and her Nobel Prize winner husband Angus Deaton followed up on their groundbreaking 2015 paper that showed a shocking increase in midlife mortality among white Americans examining patterns and contributing factors to deaths of despair. They suggested poor mortality among middle-aged working-class whites might have been triggered by the progressively worsening labor market opportunities at the time of entry for whites with low levels. Notice it keeps saying whites because... It's not the same for people of color. They get promoted. They get elevated over white people. They get, I mean, whether you think it's right or wrong, I'm just telling you, if you put any other skin color in here, why do you think Joe Biden thinks that the biggest threat to America are white Christians? And I ask my, my, my brothers and sisters of color, why only white? But the cool thing is, Minnesota, good for you, because I was reading an article yesterday about the Mall of America and here's a black gentleman, my brother, it's a black brother of mine, has a shirt that says, Jesus saves, big, bold letters, goes in a mall America, and found out he was not allowed to enter unless he took that shirt off, because it was threatening, it was, it was a hate crime. And amazing, Jesus saves is now hate speech. This is Joe Biden's new America. And this is why we got to realize we're called to love, but we're called to be in this world, but not of this world. See, this is why you first got to go back. Remember I said you first got to have a new perspective because perception is reality. No one responds to reality. We respond to our map reality. And what's going on right now is fifth generation warfare. It's sociological. It's psychological. We're being manipulated. We're being played. Look at the, the drug and alcohol overdoses that's caused by this pandemic. I mean, 2020, the first year of the pandemic, records were broken. Something like 93,000 overdoses from drugs. And we got a porous border that no one cares about because Donald Trump's not in office, so nothing else matters, and we can get their abortions. This is what you got to realize. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of hatred towards Christians. I told you, I used to have a friend, Dave, and all his friends hate me. They don't know me. But they hate me because I'm white. These are the people he hangs out with. They hate me. What can a white guy tell me of color? They hate me because I'm Christian. I don't like Christians. Christians, are, I don't want to go to that training because you're a Christian. 
bigoted, racist, mean, but yet they're the good guys. And I'm the bad guy. Here's the problem. It's jailhouse religion. Jailhouse mentality. You can put the nicest guy in a prison. Eventually, he's going to start acting like the prisoners. That's how we are. So you can't be around all these racist, hateful people and think you're not. Why do you think everybody's so racist? Because they think everybody else is racist because they're racist. I don't look at someone and see racism because I'm not racist. Why am I telling you all this? You've got to know who you are. You've got to know what you believe. And you've got to be aware of this thing called fear because it will stop you. And so part of what I do on the show, part of what I do in the training is I help you unlearn some lies you learn. Unlearn some things that aren't serving you well and relearn things the proper way. And by the way, let you know, unlearning requires more than just rewiring our brains. We have to use our new knowledge to face our fears and conquer them. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, according to psychiatric reference books, there are approximately 2,000 classified fears. Things like, uh, what is it, triskaidekaphobia, my fear of number 13, arachibutrophobia, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth, there's even a phobophobia, the fear of acquiring a phobia. What's interesting is that psychiatrists posit that we're born with only two innate fears. Two natural fears we're born with, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. That means that every other fear is learned, is BS, is belief system. And more importantly, that means that every other fear can be unlearned. By the way, that's from a book I just read to you, from a book by Mark Batterson, called In the Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. That's why the two greatest commandments in the Bible are remember and do not fear. You've got to remember the right things, leaders, because the world wants to make up things about your past. The world wants to make up things about the past of people who you might somehow be associated with 500 years ago. And then you pay the price. The burden is on you. The justice is on you. And so you got to realize that we're living in a fallen world. America is no longer the land of the free, the home of the brave. It's different under Joe Biden's America. And a progressive left that's probably now running the country, it'll probably never change. And so why do you need to know this? Well, let me just tell you why. Let me tell you what this, uh, when she went through, 21-year-old young lady. This was sent to me on May 12th of 21, Olivia Unchando. I agreed to attend the leadership waiting class months before it was scheduled. But when I uh, signed up, when, uh, uh, I didn't know. I was not living by the morals I'd been raised with and was no longer willing to fight for myself. Miraculously, I have come to see that God is fighting for me even when I no longer want to fight for myself. Two days before leadership class, I reached rock bottom and was up all night praying for God to help. Little did I know he'd already answered my prayers. Months ago, a close friend of, me, of mine asked me to sign up for Leadership Awakening. Those two days I spent in class were life-altering. Every piece of information taught is valuable. I'm able to carry myself differently now because I know my worth and my value. I understand how much power my mind has over my situation and thoughts. I know how to handle myself in a way I've never been able to up until now. And it has made a phenomenal difference in my life. See, this is what it's about. You've got to go to the structure, ladies and gentlemen. See, how does this whole thing play out? Once you put on the right mind... And then you figure out your standard. And your standard is who are you? And once you know who you are, then what to do? And then how's that going to play out? So when you future pace yourself to the end of your life, what do you want said about you? Because that's the key here. That's the key. Our lives are being written daily. It's a story. And I want you to ask yourself today, what's your story that's being written? What's it going to say? And you have control. You are the author. You have the pen. You put the exclamation points. You put the question marks. You put the period. It's your life. It's your accounting. And the question today is this. How is it going to play out? What's the end result going to look like? After the break, I'm going to suggest the end result should be winning. Let's talk about what that means after the break. Here's a real student testimonial for Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a 
leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the, the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. To learn more from Mr. Black, the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis is March 30th through April 1st. Details at likeitmatters.net. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, application, and education. By education, I'm using Albert Einstein's definition. That definition is training the mind to think. It's not, uh, Einstein did not consider learning the memorization of uh, little points of fact or, or, or processes. He defined education by the training of the mind to think. You know, I start class tonight, uh, and uh, I'll get very little sleep. Uh, I'll get done about 1 o'clock this morning. I'll send out my text to 1,000 people, probably get to bed about 3, 3.30. I'll get back up at 6, 6.30, be back in class at 8 o'clock, uh, be done with class about 2 or 3 in the morning, Friday night, Saturday morning. Uh, again, uh, send a text out to 1,000 people, my Way of Warrior blog, Get to bed by about 4 o'clock in the morning if I'm lucky. Uh, get up about 7 o'clock in the morning and then have graduation. I'll have first half final, second half final. I'll have graduation at 3.30. Be done with graduation by 5 o'clock. Pack everything up. Be home by 7 o'clock at night. And so what was I doing? I set my alarm clock to sleep in until 5.45 this morning. But I woke up at 4 o'clock. And you wonder if I'm going to be working and not sleeping the next three days, why would I be up? Even at 5.45, nearly it's 4 o'clock. Why 5.45? Well, because at school, Burden Advanced Academy, where my kids go, well, my little son now, my other kids are out of school, uh, they had all pro dads day. So it's an organization by Tony Dungy, and it's a way to get men involved uh, because, man, the, the, the statistics are stunning. You look at the stats of all these homes that are growing up without the father in them. And you will see stats that under, make you understand why America is no longer the land of the free and the whole of the brave. We're now the land of the victim. We're a racist country. We're a bitter, hateful country. We don't have freedoms to organize. We don't have freedom of speech. We don't have free and fair elections. I mean, I'm not sure what's different about us than China. We don't follow after God. We, pull, uh, we politicize elections now. We attack our, our opponents. We jail and prosecute our opponents like they're doing to Trump. How are we any different than Russia or China? We don't serve God. Our abortion on demand is worse than most countries. So it, it's, I, I, and I used to love this country. But when they left my God, they left my heart. Just being honest with you. Still probably one of the best ones around. And see, this is the problem. This is we have levels of belief systems. And see, here's the main problem. The problem in the world today is us, man. And man cannot save man. That goes back to Einstein. Remember that smart guy, Einstein, who gave us the atomic bomb, who allowed us to beat the Japanese, who allowed us to win World War II and become a, uh, an international superpower? It was Albert Einstein. And one of his favorite quotes that I love the most 
is he said this, you cannot solve a problem at the same level it was created at. That was interesting. So what does that do with the all-pro dad? Because today, all-pro dad, they focus on a word, and today's word was loyalty. Loyalty. Adherence to something to which one is bound by a pledge or a duty. A strong feeling of support or allegiance. Faithfulness to something to which one is bound by a pledge or duty. Loyalty implies a faithfulness that is steadfast in the face of any temptation to renounce, desert, or betray. Ladies and gentlemen, persecutions come if you're Christians here. The biggest threat to America, Joe Biden says, if you're a white Christian, if you believe in that Bible, you are a threat to his America. And man, I'm asking my, my brown and black brothers and sisters, there's only one church. There's not a black church and a white church. There's one holy church, Jesus Church. Why is Joe Biden not afraid of you? Because the majority of black people vote Democrat, even though they say they follow after Jesus Christ. This is where we're going to this word loyalty. Adherence to something to which one is bound by a pledge or a duty. A strong feeling of support or allegiance. Where's your allegiance? Where's your loyalty? Is it to a party? Or even to a country? Or is it to a god? Synonyms for loyalty, allegiance, commitment, dedication, devotion, fidelity, faithfulness, steadfastness. Man, these are hero words. Devotedness, dependability, trustworthiness. Those are hero words, determination. Those are John Wayne words. Those are Iwo Jima words. Those are putting the first man on the moon words. Those are words of hope and dreams. And ladies and gentlemen, we're supposed to be in this world, but not of this world, if you share my beliefs, if you study that Bible. And that's why I love the picture of the chocolate chip cookie, right? See, the chocolate chip cookie is all-encompassing. You cannot go to a baker and say, hey, I really like that chocolate chip cookie, but hey, I'm on a little bit of a diet. Could you, uh, could you just take out the butter? I, I can't have butter. And they would laugh at you. And then you say, well, okay, how about this? Could you take out the flour? Because, uh, you know, I, I don't need all that flour. And they would laugh at you. You see, that's all become part of the cookie. You can't separate out the butter. You can't separate out the margin, whatever you use. You can't separate out the flour. Right? There is the birth of the chocolate chip. This is uh, excerpted from Be the Chocolate Chip by Jen Brewer. In 1930, Ruth Wakefield and her husband owned an inn outside of Wakefield, Massachusetts, built in 1709. The old house was used as a rest stop for travelers to change their horses, pay their tolls, and get something to eat, earning it the name, ready, the Toll House Inn. The Wakefields kept the tradition of providing travelers with rest and good food through the Great Depression. Ruth Wakefield was well known for her baking and often made butter drop dough cookies. Her recipe required baker's chocolate, which melted completely, producing a chocolate cookie. One day in 1937, as she began making the cookies, she realized she was out of baker's chocolate, but happened to have a Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar on hand. So she chopped it into chunks, put it in the batter, expecting it to melt and disappear in the cookie, producing the familiar chocolate chip cookie for which she had grown famous. To her surprise, the chocolate chip chunks did not disappear, but held their individual shape, producing a creamy texture and a fabulous new taste for the entire cookie. These new cookies became incredibly popular. Nestle bought the rights to the recipe and in 1939 introduced the Nestle Toll House Real Semi-Sweet Chocolate Morsels. The traditional chocolate chip, chip cookie was born. The most popular cookie of all time came about all because a bit of chocolate held its ground and didn't melt when the heat was on. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is us. We must go through the smelter's fire. See, you take precious metal and you got to put pressure on it because there's three things involved here. When you want to separate precious metal, that which is of great value from that which is of no value, you need three things. You need flux. You need dross, and you need something that's precious. So what flux does is it causes causes a chemical reaction. 
for things to melt, for things to liquefy, for things to be separated in liquid form. Dross is all that stuff that has no value, that takes away great value. And precious is what you and I are. Go back to Genesis 9. Read the new covenant God made with Noah and the sons of the earth and the animals of the earth. It wasn't just the rainbow. It was that all life would have an accountability. That the life of man would be accountable. That if someone would shed the blood of a man, then their shed would be required. Why? Because God said, man is my creation. Man is special. I want to dwell with man. I want to inhabit man. And I want to habitate with man. I want to sup with man. I want to have my fleshly family and my spiritual family all dwelling, all dwelling in the same place. And so we got to be that chocolate chip in the chocolate chip cookie. we got to be put under pressure. But the difference is when you know who you are and you know why you're here, it all changes. See, this is why the neurological levels are so important. I talk about this a lot, the neurological levels. Now, this is pretty deep. Uh, Robert Diltz, this is a book by Robert Diltz. Let me just explain it right here uh, real quick. I'll read from this real quick. The notion of logical levels refers to the fact that some processes and phenomena are created by the relationships between other processes and phenomena. Any system of activity is a subsystem embedded inside of another system, which is embedded inside of another system, and so on. It's like kachinka dolls, the doll inside of a doll inside of a doll inside of a doll. It's the same concept. This kind of relationship between system produces different levels of processes relative to the system in which one is operating. Our brain structure, language, and social systems form natural hierarchies or levels of processes. So you've got to understand that. Now, the concept of logical levels of learning and change was initially formulated as a mechanism in the behavioral sciences by anthropologist Gregory Bateson, based on the work of Bertrand Russell in Logic and Mathematics. Bateson identified four basic levels of learning and change, each level encompassing and organizing elements from the level below it. So the term logical levels, as it's used in NLP, was adapted from Bateson's work and refers to a hierarchy of levels of processes within an individual or group. The function of each level is to synthesize, organize, and direct the interactions on the level below it. Changing something on an upper level will necessarily radiate downward, precipitating change on lower levels. Changing something on a lower level could, but would not necessarily affect the upper levels. These levels include, in order from highest to lowest, identity, beliefs and values, capabilities, behavior, and environment. But they added a sixth level later. A sixth level referred to as spiritual can be defined as a type of relational field which encompasses multiple identities forming a sense of being of a member of a larger system beyond one's individual identity. And this is what's going on. We've lost our sense of self. We're in a meaning crisis. And if we don't change it, the end result is death, decay, disorder disunity. But if we do get it, if we do change our perspective, get a fresh new perspective, if we do set up a set of standards, then the way it changes is the way it shows up in the outcome. And after the break, let's talk about that outcome. I'm going to suggest that outcome is to win. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life and this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith and that's a huge huge part of my life that's just been missing and I just I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that you know knowing that God's walking right next to me every day every night you know he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter but he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Okay. But it's, 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 it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio like it matters. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And yes, learning from Mr. Black can be like drinking from a fire hose. Absolutely. I've been told that many times in my life. Uh, and so I, I want to put this out there. Someone texted, man, could you spend some more time going over logical levels? Well, yeah, the problem is I have an hour show. Uh, and it's actually something I threw in there because logically it makes sense to me. And so I, I train in the moment just like uh, I do my radio show in the moment. I have some bullet points. I have some stuff I'd like to cover. And I usually get to about a quarter of what I have prepared. So I do an hour of radio five days a week and cover a new topic every day. And I know that some of the things that I say bring questions to your mind. Sometimes I touch on a subject or simply don't have enough time to go into depth and it leaves you, my listeners, with questions. So we want to help you with that. And what we've done is that we set up a brand new email uh, introducing Ask Mr. Black. And so we're going to create a segment of our show. Uh, I don't know what it'll be, once a month on a certain day. Uh, send your questions to www.askmrblack.com. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that. It's askmrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. I'm just kidding you. That one's true, though. Ask Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Ask Mr. Black. Spell it out at likeitmattersradio.com. And I'll figure out uh, once a month or maybe depending on how many questions I get, maybe it's uh, twice a month, and we'll uh, go to the Ask Mr. Black segment and we'll answer some of those questions go as much in depth and detail. You know, um, I, I don't believe in pushing religion on anybody. I'm not a religious man. I'm a spiritual man. Uh, and to me, my faith is about love and hope. Uh, love is a verb. It's not a feeling. So stop getting your feelings mixed up. And uh, one of my favorite writers, C.S. Lewis, uh, has a quote on each one of these, and I'll share you the, two of my favorite quotes. First one's on love. C.S. Lewis says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping, quote, it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. You must wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. You must avoid all entanglements. You must lock it up safe in the casket or your, the coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. Your heart will change. It will not be broken, but it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love, is hell. And then hope. And by the way, I believe hope is the commodity of a leader. And what C.S. Lewis says in Mere Christianity, he says, hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the entire Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to know the definition of success. You've got to know how this thing plays out. What's the end result? And I'm going to suggest winning. Now, success, you've got to define it. Success is a normalization. You cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. It is self-defined. For some people, success could be uh, how many times you have physical relations in a day. For some, it could be how pretty your spouse is. For some, it could be that you have 2.5 kids, a white picket fence, and have six-figure-a-year income. You know, my favorite definition is closer to Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley put it this way, uh, success is walking in the will of God. And so I want to have that success. And when you reach that success, I would call that winning. And you know how I know if I won or not? Because I will hear these words, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I got this list uh, for Germany Kent. I like it. How to win in life. 
He has a few short things. Well, how many are there? Six. Uh, so I think six things here. Yep, six things. I like them. Number one, work hard. I believe that. We're called to work hard. I mean, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to man. Right? Coach Wooden used to talk about it's the ethics. It's how you play the game. It's a level of commitment to excellence. Ladies and gentlemen, there are only two places to leave our stuff in this world. You can leave it on the table, and that's sales lingo. That means you could have gotten more. In other words, you accepted good enough. You took the low-hanging fruit. The second place to leave your stuff is on the field, to spend yourself in a worthy cause. Remember Teddy Roosevelt, the Rough Riders? His courage quotes one of my favorite. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with his cold and timid souls who know neither defeat nor victory. So powerful. So you want to win in life? Work hard. We're called to work hard. And to paraphrase uh, Martin Luther, I don't care if you're a street sweeper, be the best darn street sweeper. It brings glory to whoever you represent. If you represent God, it brings glory to him. Number two, complain less. Work hard, complain less. Quit uh, beach ball, right? Quit that. Quit complaining. Quit being like the world. You're not a victim. America Day, we get our DNA tested to see what percentage of a victim. How many victim categories can I represent? Because then I get free stuff. Then I'm allowed to get out of jail free card. Then I'm allowed to storm the Capitol. I'm allowed to burn down buildings. I'm allowed to hurt people. I'm allowed to run from cops, kill cops. And then I get millions of dollars and get let go. Quit complaining. You're not a victim. Energy follows thought. Epigenetics. Our thoughts cause consequences. Intrapersonal communication versus interpersonal communication. Our frame of mind, our reticular activating system, what we focus on. If you want to focus on being a victim, you'll have lots of things to show you. Poor you, poor you, poor you. Put your big boy pants on. Put your big girl pants on. It's about having an attitude. This is why connected to God, you know who you are. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. In my weakness, your strength is perfected. I must decrease so you can increase. I am more than a conqueror. Don't you get it? It's all right there. That's what we're called to remember. Remember the greatest commandment of the Bible is to remember. Remember God's promises. Remember who you are in God. Remember what he's done for you. Remember what he's promised you. So work hard. Complain less. Number three, listen more. I tell my son all the time, my little son, Benai, who is turning eight years old next week, because he's really smart, and he wants to be the smartest. I said, you will never become as smart as you can be until you learn to listen. See, listening's about understanding. Listening's about picking up data. Data to hear people. Data to understand people. Data that allows you to know their struggles, their key words, their fears, to listen fully, carefully. People don't care what you know until they know that you care and one of the best ways we show that we care is we listen this is probably one of my weaknesses with my wife i've got to be honest with you i'm listening to people all day long uh, and i need to work on listening to her better number four do learn grow you're under construction you're never going to be there it's continual learning, never ceasing. You're a lifelong learner. I'm not talking about going to college for 40 years like a lot of woke liberals do. I'm talking about learning in life and then applying it. Number five, don't let people tell you it can't be done. Quit letting people define your reality. Look at Roger Bannister. Look at John Landy. Quit letting people create your reality. And number six, quit making excuses. It's called deflection. Excuses like body parts. Everybody has them but they all smell. There's no way out. Failure can become feedback. There's the learning. If you haven't succeeded enough in life, it's because you haven't failed enough. 
You've got to learn Proverbs twenty four sixteen. A righteous man will stumble seven times but get back up. But the the wicked will stumble into ruin. Look up people like uh, Abraham Lincoln and Mary Kay and Thomas Edison, Colonel Sanders, Sam Walton, Ray Kroc. These are people that failed so much, got very little success before they're 50. They didn't make excuses. They made changes. That's what we're all about. And we're on the satellite now. So we're getting ready to be picked up by radio stations across the country. So if you're listening to this, please call your local radio station and tell them you need Like It Matters Radio. That's what we're here for, to serve and to save and to raise the bar. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. This is Scott B. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters and your host for Like It Matters Radio, calling all Leadership Awakening graduates. The time is now to raise the bar, to finish what you started. As a graduate of Leadership Awakening, you know how transformational awakening is. However, it's also incomplete. Leadership Adventure is about applying what you learned in Leadership Awakening. How do you take a team of leaders through the undulating line of life and success? Welcome to the second half of the Leadership Experience Leadership Adventure. This is a fun class and is done in an outdoor adventure setting. Leadership Awakening goes from 1 to 25. Leadership Adventure goes from 26 to 100. This is not Leadership Awakening a second time. It is a whole new adventure that picks up right where you left off in Leadership Awakening. If you are ready for the next level, the time is now to register for Leadership Adventure, March 2nd through 4th and April 9th through 11th. Details at like. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.